0: Listeners and welcome back to the Purposeful Marketing Podcast. Just Aaron here today. That's okay. Mary and James are doing something fun. And for James, he got married. I think we want to celebrate that. So um congrats to him, buddy. Today, and like we've done on the last couple episodes, for our listeners, normally you'll hear from Mary, James, and I about these big questions in marketing. Then we deconstruct them, break them down, and through that we get some insight. We got some feedback from the listeners, and we love you for it. You wanted more tactical expertise, more tactical breakdowns. So how we're tackling that is I'm just inviting people on with their tactical expertise, and we're still tackling the big questions because I am who I am, and that's what I love most. And through that, today, we have Janelle with us. And really, we're going to talk about a couple things. I think the biggest one to point out now at the top of the show is um, GTM strategy. And, but before we get there, we're going to tackle some bigger questions because, again, that's, that's what we do here. Before I ask the first question, Janelle, I just want to give you the floor and give us the intro. Just tell us anything you want to the listeners. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. Uh, you and me could nerd out over anything, I'm sure. So we'll see how this conversation goes. Hey, what's up? I'm Janelle Amos. I'm the founder and chief strategist of a company called Elevate Growth. Um, what I do is I help B2B SaaS companies deploy a new marketing go-to-market strategy that elevates their growth and with an emphasis in demand generation. So I know we're going to deep dive a little bit more into demand gen topics and go-to-market strategy topics. So I'm really excited. So if you have any questions about that, you can find me on
0: LinkedIn. Love it, love it. And at the end of the show, I'll ask you again just to kind of plug all your things so people know cool. where to find you. But okay, first big question, because where this is coming from is if you listening to the show recently, um, I just had a child, um, a lovely daughter that I'm so happy to have in my world. But as we love our marketing career, we also love our children. And the balance of those two things is hard. (laughs) So Janelle's a parent, Aaron's a parent. We just wanted to talk about that for like five minutes because it's like so important. And I want people to be aware and transparent that we think about it too. So really the question for you, Janelle, is like, you and I were kind of talking about this. Like, Do you have tips or anything you're kind of working on to really balance um, work life and parent life?
1: I don't know too much about tips, but at least encouragement for anybody else going through it is that you're not alone (laughs) because the balance in and of itself is crazy. But I will tell you something that is working for me and my family that maybe potentially could help you with yours. I'm fortunate to have my husband on night shifts. And so what works for me is to flex some of the days, um, some of the hours during the days, that I can spend with the little one and take client calls and anything that I need to do kind of facing, um, business facing. And then anything that's project related or communication related, normally I save that until after baby goes to bed. And then I work a couple hours into the night, um, and that works for me. And then on the nights that my husband is off, I I am a wife those nights. I am not a consultant, and and that's the balance that I've really found to be present in my kid's life. And she just turned two in in May of the earlier this year, and so very much still in the <laughs> the toddler you know demands and and attention spans. And so it's it's been an interesting balance. And I'm open to any feedback too. If anybody has tips and advice. That's kind of what's been working for me because being a present parent in my kid's life is important to me more than growing a business, even mm-hmm. though my career strings will disagree sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you brought up two things that really resonate with me. So um, one is presence and just like being present. So like, how do you build that um, in your work day, in your parent day? You know, because you want to be present for both. And sometimes that's really committing to something.
1: It really um, is.
0: And I think the other thing is like the answer is it depends. <laughs> There's something different for everyone, which is going to get into our next conversation once we get there. But what has worked for me again is like being patient so then I can be present. And I know with a newborn, it's a little challenging um, where you hear their cries for the first time. of a new parent, like fight and flight just kicks in immediately. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do I do now? So I try to be patient because I think there will always be sprints throughout the day where your child's either occupied or you have that help or and you're kind of shifting um, shifts like night and day, like that will come. So if you can just be patient, it makes everything so much easier. The last point I'll bring to the floor here is because Mary has told me this many times and she's a proud parent. I really wish she was on this episode because she's such a pro. She would have so many great facts for us and tips, but she always says like, really respect your time. And I think that's for when you're a parent. That's for your work and being transparent with others. Yep. And at Proofpoint, I will go on quite a monologue here about Proofpoint real quick, just because we really believe in this and a people first culture. And things that I'm trying out is like one being really transparent with my coworkers of like, here's when I can work, here's when I can't work, here's where I have um, my daughter Lucia, here's where I don't. And the other piece is like being transparent and trying new things out. Like you know, I wear Lucia sometimes. I'm in a client meeting. It's super intense. I'm still learning how to do it, but really just kind of respecting my time and letting people, others know how I'm going to use that time. Is there anything you want to riff on there, Janelle?
1: I love that. I always tell my mom, if clients can't understand that I'm a mom first and are bothered by me carrying a child or having my toddler bust in while I'm on a call, then they don't need to be my client. Is that something that I look for, for somebody who wants to work with me too, is I will wholeheartedly give you my attention when it's your time for attention, but I will also wholeheartedly give my child that attention too. And if you can understand that balance, and that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart with who I work with as well.
0: Love it. So we wanted to start the show with that because we know you are parents too. And if you have any thoughts or you need help, we we do as well. So let us know, DM us on no, if you're a time.
1: parent, uh, yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good luck. We can help you. Um, so now I'm kind of into the crux of our show. What we normally do is like really tackle a big question. So how I formulated this question um, through really an insight that you brought up to me as we were talking about and prepping for this is this question about, is marketing subjective? So just to frame us up and so I can give you the mic is, you're working with demand gen as a strategy. You're working with a lot of customers and clients over time. You started to understand that there's some suge- subjectiveness to what we're doing here in demand gen. So that's made you really think about it differently. That's very broad, but can you really talk us through that experience, kind of those thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll talk you through two. One, I'll start with more of like the broader marketing is subjective, and then I'll uh, circle back into the demand gen side of it. So in general, 100% hold heartily agree that marketing is subjective. And you'll get individuals, sometimes even myself on LinkedIn, that'll say, this is what you should be doing. And take all that with a grain of salt, because again, it, it all depends. And that's the answer that nobody likes with marketing. And one of the, the biggest challenges of being a marketer, I would say, is that it really all depends if you should be doing this, if you should be spending that, if you should be present on this channel, if you should be blah, blah, blah. It really all depends on your environment, your audience, your capabilities, your resources, your tech stack, your budget, yada, yada, yada. And so in general, I would agree, marketing is subjective. And how that rolls into demand generation, just a quick backstory on me, I recently broke into consulting in December of 2021. So I'm almost through my second year here and have initially branded myself under demand generation. I wanted to be known as a demand gen expert. And over time, I've worked with uh, more than 10 companies now just within the last year. And I've held four in-house of demand gen roles. And over time, I've learned that demand gen is subjective as a micro component to marketing in and of itself. So what we mean by that is if you Google and, and do this right now, maybe if I can say this, Aaron, like pause this episode and go Google it and then come back so you can actually like validate what I'm saying. Google, what is demand gen? And the first organic result that comes up is a blog by HubSpot that says, if you ask 10 different marketers what the definition of demand gen is, you'll get 10 different answers. That's a problem if you're trying to be known as an expert in demand gen, because if I talk to you, Aaron, your opinion into this conversation is going to be based on your own experience. If I go and talk to Sally Sue She's going to come with her own opinions on the definition. If I go talk to you know, 10 other marketers, as HubSpot would say, you'll get 10 different answers. And so I realized that that was hurting my sales cycles when I was having these conversations of like, hey, you need demand gen." The conversations were going all over and around and about, and I was losing a lot of deals, candidly. And I realized, I'm like, I, I need to strip this buzzword. And I even did a podcast about like Demand Gen Made Simple. That was my first season is saying Demand Gen is a buzzword, but here's what you need to know. And I fell into that same trap of using the buzzword in my marketing strategy. And it goes to show that jargon is not always the best way to include in a a messaging strategy. So what I did, uh, I actually released this earlier today. So if this is hot off the press and you want to jump into LinkedIn, you can go see that post. But I cut the fluff just like anything else that I stand for in, in my marketing. I cut the fluff. I eliminated demand entirely from my messaging, and I focused on the things that my clients want. Increased more leads, increased revenue contribution, increased pipeline velocity, gained that new customer logos. Those are all the outcomes of what anybody wants. Who cares how the, you know, how the F we get there? Like We need to figure out a strategy that works for you, going back to it's subjective what actually works. It could be something that doesn't fall under quote unquote demand gen, right? So those are those are you know some of the things, just touching on your two points there about how everything is just relatively subjective.
0: Yeah, that was a wonderful breakdown, Janelle. I'm going to linger on two things because I think this is very, very important for people in their marketing careers. And I want to talk about it in two ways. So number one, the latter part of what you're saying is actually where I want to start is framing it around what your customer needs. Um, if you do that first, your outcome is going to be way different. And I think probably what happens like with myself and, like, you know, you see a demand gen position open, (laughs) like you apply for it. And then it's like, okay, I'm doing demand gen now, you know? Um, but when you're working with clients on a different level, not just working in house, what you really need to do is kind of help them understand, again, their goals, KPIs, objectives, all that stuff, and then tell them what they need to do. And I think that's kind of maybe the process you're talking through. The second piece is going back to this idea about subjectiveness, which again, um, I'm a philosophy major. So this is like, <laughs> this is my bread, and mm-hmm. butter. I love stuff like this. Um, but what I think you need to own is your subjective narrative. I think that's kind of where you're hinting at with like what you did with your rebrand. So, you know, at Proofpoint, we know marketing is subjective. We know different things are going to work for different people. But we have a very strong subjective point of view of how we want to do things that yep. helps others understand how they fit in that. So, again, for us, it's you build relationships that scale, your revenue is going to scale. So, that's the mindset. Once you own that subjective narrative and mindset, people understand, great, I can fit in that. You know, um, quite honestly, some of our SaaS clients that we've worked in the past, maybe they don't fit in it now, right? But we've really owned that subjective narrative and it's helped people. So, kind of what you were talking about, that's what it's making me realize as well. It's like if you just do that, now now your clients are probably going to understand better. You're going to find more best fit clients and all that stuff. Anything you want to riff on? Just any ideas of what I was talking about?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is like literally marketing 101. Like, yeah. Taylor, your message to your audience. And it's crazy how us marketers forget the fundamentals so quickly because we're so distracted by the next shiny object. And so just, you know, when you're confused and when you feel like you're not fully sure what you should be actioning on, just go back to marketing one-on-one and make sure that you get your fundamentals right first and then see what you have in store for you for testing and chasing shiny objects and trialing and erring.
0: Tell so, it, you know, yeah, Practice marketing fundamentals. One thing we joke about on this show a lot is myself, Mary and James also have English degrees. So like we... Learn marketing fundamentals so differently and I think someone who maybe got a business degree or marketing degree. um, did you know that you have a marketing Yeah, I was going right? to say hi. Yeah, yeah that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I think is probably good. I think I can never speak to their experience, but the scenario I wanted to talk about like why I think we are to where we are is we all entered the marketing world when like digital was taking over. So then that tactics and what happens in those digital ad platforms are, you're almost doing marketing because you're marketing to Google, like all these things. I think that's what got us there. I um, mean, we've talked about that several times on the show, but I think I love what you're preaching. It's like, get back to marketing fundamentals. You probably learned it in school. So you're like very fresh with it. I think for other marketers, it's like, there's a lot of resources out there, but like, that's the mindset. If I can just marketing fundamentals one-on-one, I'm probably going to get to a better outcome. Hmm. Okay. I think we've talked about subjectiveness quite a bit and I think it is important and you should constantly tell yourself it depends, but you can provide that solution for people. And I think that's why I love what you're doing, Janelle, is just owning that. (laughs) And like now you're going to have a much better way to get the outcomes you need for your customers, even if you're not always using the word demand gen all the time. And
1: Well, that's the hope. So thank you. I will say also for marketers, if you're confused on how to do that, don't Be afraid to ask for help. Like, that's what consultants and agencies are for, like, shameless plug, you know what I mean? But if you don't know how to do something, maybe your boss does, or maybe a peer does, like, start asking questions first and see how you can find those answers. And sometimes that is external help, but don't feel like you always have to figure it out because that's not a way for you to grow either in your role, which is also important.
0: Love it. And again, the marketing world, we love helping each other. And the great idea is jumping on podcasts like this. Like, I'm learning from Janelle as we're talking about. So, This is what you can do. Ask for help. Where I want to take us next, and this goes around this idea of subjectiveness, but what we both deal with, Janelle and myself, is um, GTM strategy. I think, again, what Janelle is trying to do with her repositioning um, her business is to get to this point of how can I help companies do GTM strategy better um, and get these outcomes that they need. So I can give you my experience, but I'll let you go first. I really want to tackle GTM strategy of What are kind of the roadblocks you're facing with your customers right now when you're trying to help them with their GTM strategy?
1: A lot of it is just that departments aren't connected. Um, Sometimes even there's disconnect within marketing in general. Oftentimes there's disconnect um, with leadership and the lower level departments, if you will. You know, like you have leadership and you have marketing and sales. Sometimes there's a disconnect just between marketing and sales. Sometimes there's a disconnect within marketing in and of itself. Sometimes it's the whole triangle. So it uh, it's just a disconnect, and it's challenging to come in externally and then to kind of finagle your way through all the disconnects to still find those outcomes. And advocating that there is indeed a reason why we need to come back to this core and get everybody on the same page. Otherwise, the journey of what we're going to be providing for the prospects it's going to be just, you know, kind of like pinpoint and up and down. And it's going to look like a weird graph or like a heart rate, you know, where it's like, it's great. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's, it's crucial to make sure that we can study that out.
0: I think alignment, what you're speaking about is probably the number one problem for everyone. I mean, that's a very strong statement there, but I believe it is working with, with others. And I think it's also different depending in what industry you're in and what vertical. And in a lot of my customers and people listen to the show, they're in manufacturing industrial.
1: Mm-hmm. Your
0: GTM in motion is drastically different than SaaS, like drastically yeah. different. So you also need to line on that. But I do agree with you. I think what happens is each department kind of has their own goals, KPIs, objectives. And if those are not working down the same path, you're going to do different things. A lot of what I find is, um, Making sure leadership is a part of the GTM strategy, which doesn't happen in every company. I think that's something I wouldn't have understood unless I worked with other marketers and worked with other companies. Is like it's just not as straightforward as you think it is. Like, you know, you think, oh yeah, everyone has a GTM strategy. It's in place. They know what they're doing. Quite often they don't. Besides alignment, one other idea I want to talk about again with GTM strategy is kind of these four categories I work with people is market. Um, message, channel, product. Again, your GTM strategy needs to be a little higher le- or high level than that. But more often than not, if we're working with marketers, and again, I think, Janelle, you're working with marketers and sales, right? And leadership. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of time I'm working with marketers to help them understand this. <laughs> it's like, where can you fit in those four categories and improve on those um, and align on that? Because I think sometimes it's not very clear. Um, here's our GTM strategy. Here's the people we need to reach to grow our market this year. That's our objective. Okay. What product are we talking about? You know, is this really in the market? How do we segment it? You know, what is our message? Is that different depending on the people we're talking about? Do we need to be in these channels? Do I need to be in Google ads? Do I need to have a live event? I think that's helped me work with marketers specifically working through GTM strategy. Anything similar to that of like anything you think really helps you working with your customers kind of work through their GTM strategy?
1: Yeah, actually, one thing to add to that, to your four points, Um, the fifth one I would add is people. You keep saying people for an audience of what you want to reach and how the product and messaging matches your ICP and your target audience. But what about people internally? Do you have the right hires to execute this go-to-market strategy? Do you have the right talent? How are you retaining that talent as a culture? All those things are important. Like, people want to work for a company just as much as you want to rate, uh, retain high quality talent. And so, not forgetting that what makes a go to market strategy come to life are the people.
0: That is such a good shout out. I'm literally taking a note <laughs> as we're talking about. It. Make sure I mention that again. Um, I think that's super important. And kind of really what we're talking about, what I'm trying to get us to talk about is like really high level things with GTM strategy. Because I think the other point I would bring up is, um, tactics come to the forefront so often when you're trying to mm-hmm. work with people about what to do. It's like, again, what channel should we be? Like what kind of ad format should we have? And our job is to work them all the way back up <laughs> high level to say, well, what is your main objective? Are you trying to grow in this market? Like what is the percentage of that market you're trying to win? If you can frame them around that, you kind of have better conversations. And I think that will go back to the people. If you can frame it around a higher level of GTM strategy, like you'll understand what people you need. If you start and with think, the tactics, you don't
1: good. Yeah, and I think you know sometimes you just need to take your lens out of a marketing lens and like take off your marketer hat. One example that I like using is if we're building a house, we can't start with the supplies because who cares if we don't know what we're building, right? So what we need to do is establish a blueprint first and foremost, and then we need to figure out the layout of <laughs> all of those rooms and you know everything that needs. And one thing that a lot of marketers do and go-to-market teams, which you just touched on, is starting with the tactics first. And so just to put it in like a real-world perspective, imagine not having a blueprint for a house yet and going out and picking out the color of your tiles or how you want your shower to look or the color of your rug and actually purchasing supplies without knowing the dimension of the room or, you know, the square footage or anything else of that. Like that's kind of what it's like when you start with the tactics first. And then you come in and you're like, I got to cram all this into this itty bitty room or, oh crap, I only have a quarter of the carpet that I actually need. And now you got to go spend more money. You got to go get it. Like it doesn't fully match together as a puzzle piece. And so that's what happens when companies jump the gun and try to start with the tactics without having like a larger story. And you need to think about having the foundations in place. And one more example, just to make it, you know, uh, almost crystal clear if we haven't gotten through enough yet, if we just take a regular plastic cup and we poke three itty bitty holes on the bottom, not big holes, nothing too major, nothing like it's not going to hold any water, but you just poke three little holes and you take another cup that doesn't have any holes in it and you go and you pour it. Depending on how fast you pour, the cup will fill up, but it won't stay full because there's leaks in the foundation, Right. So, if we apply this to a marketing strategy, if we have leaks in our strategy, our marketing strategy, sure, we'll get short term results. Sure, we'll do some you know quick win campaigns, and sure, we may even get some opportunities to close. But we're going to constantly leak and feel reactive because we're just pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring, and nothing's compounding, nothing's overflowing, nothing's you know growing on top of it. And so that's what happens when we, we gotta start with the fundamentals first and then build off of that. And then eventually, you know, we'll start getting an abundance of water flowing. That is the goal for a solid go-to-market strategy.
0: Love it, love it, love it. I think those are two beautiful analogies to really help us think through this. Again, I'm really honing in on marketing because um, that's what I was working with a lot. And I know everyone struggles with this. I struggle with it as a marketer. I think the other point I do want to make is... Um, the foundations matter to not just marketing, they matter to sales and leadership. Yeah. Um, I'm often working with both. And often it's sort of unclear, like what is the GTM strategy, unless you help them with the same thing. So yep. it's not just a marketer problem. Again, it's a business problem. I think there's many different ways um, to solve that. Any comments about just like working with sales and leadership, GTM strategy? I have one more point I want to make after that.
1: No, just that it's a really great point. And remember, marketing 101 is to tailor your message to your audience. So the same way you would communicate to a marketing executive is not the same way you would communicate to a sales executive and much less a CEO, board members or investors or anything else. So make sure you really think about who you're talking to and the message you want to get across and put it in messaging that will make sense to them.
0: Perfect. Well said, straightforward. So the last point for GTM's um, strategy is kind of back to the t- top about it being subjective. Like, I think even the GTM strategy can be subjective. And what your job is, is to really own that GTM POV. So again, for Proofpoint Marketing, you've heard me say this, like, we're going to work with customers who build relationships at scale and who are already good at it, right? So our POV, POV about GTM strategy is we build relationships at scale. So how do we do that? And we funnel down to objectives, KPIs, all that stuff. There's not one blanket answer for like how you should run your GTM strategy. That's probably what you're dealing with a lot, you know, like every day. It's like, it's just different for everyone. But I think if you own that POV and you make sure like you are working with the right people and both Janelle and I are a service and an agency type business, not talking about people who are actually in-house in a SaaS or manufacturing company. But if you own that POV, it becomes way more clear of like the mindset, skill set, tool set that's needed to achieve it. So I think that's what I would offer people is... If you have, if you're part of that, if you work in a kind of agency like us, service space like us, you can do that. Um, if you're in-house, I think you can really advocate for it and you can really start to have that internal marketing to get there. Just any thoughts on that?
1: No, I think you hit the, I never get the saying right, the nail on the head, the head on the nail. <laughs> yeah. I never get it right. That one or walk the walk, talk the talk. I always get them backwards. So whatever the right one is, you did it. <laughs> It, that's me authentic you know uh you guys are all english majors i'm not i tell everybody i don't speak english because i speak i speak janelle
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: you speak so janelle. if you can understand me like you're, you're you'll be fluent so apologies to derail but like yeah and whatever that saying is about hit the head on the nail hit the nail on the head i I don't know whatever i'll, I'll shut up
0: <laughs> we'll you, it, it's subjective so know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> um Okay. This was a really fun conversation. One, you're, you're also like always welcome back to come on the show. I think what I would love to do is kind of, I try to pull, yesterday people didn't really work. Um, I think there's some GTM tactical things we could talk about. And like, if you want to come back one time when I get the questions and feedback from listeners, I think you should, I think that'd be really fun. I'd love to. What we really talked about just to kind of, again, give us the wrap up is balancing work life and parent life. Super important for all of us Um, Talking about is marketing subjective? I thought that was a really fun conversation. Um, GTM strategy, we broke it down in a bunch of different ways. Um, And I think you take some insight from there. But the biggest one I want you to take away is like, it's subjective. (laughs) Going back to that and then um, doing what Janelle's doing. It's like figuring out a framework, right? Figuring out the best position for her her customers, how to figure that out. I think we can all do a better job at that. Before we sign off, I just want to throw it back to you, Janelle. Like, do your plugs. Tell us where we can find you, all that stuff.
1: I mean, real simple. You can find me on LinkedIn. Anything else you need from there is on my LinkedIn. So really short and sweet, Janelle Amos. Uh, Thank you so much for having me.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So also, you can always DM myself, James or Mary about any of the stuff we talk about. Um, You're welcome on the show. I'm taking guests. Best places to DM me. I've been putting out posts on LinkedIn. I'm really looking for people who want to talk um, high-level questions and have fun with us as we talk about them. And then we can extract some tactical expertise from them as we're trying to learn ourselves. So you can find this show on all the things you listen to podcasts. I don't have to do this every single time, Um, but I really appreciate you and listeners. Go GTM strategy. That's, That's what we're talking about today. Go do it.